I'm so excited to have Charmaine here with me. I know you are a founder that doesn't typically gravitate towards the limelight or like PR very much. Uh, you raised three consecutive rounds before announcing anything, uh, which I think says a lot. So thank you for taking the time to be here. I also know you don't really like getting compliments and you're a little bit of a no bullshit kind of person. So I promise this will not be a sort of VC puff piece. The thing I will say, because it's a big deal for us, is that, you know, very rarely do we invest or lead both the Series A and the Series B in a company at Index. And I actually asked our team to run the numbers on that because obviously we've both led the Series A and the Series B and get Harley. And over the last seven and a half years, 3% of companies we've done that in. So we're excited and no pressure. Thrilled to be part of the 3%. So starting right at the beginning, I want to talk about kind of the formative experiences and insights you had uh, to build Get Harley. And the way that I like to bucket it is usually there's a sort of conscious, recent insight and you have that kind of, you know, light bulb moment. And then also you have that kind of much more sort of Im deeper embedded, longer standing, almost subconscious moments where you realize only on reflection made you into the entrepreneur you are today. So first, tell me about the conscious light bulb moment. And then second, tell me about that subconscious experiences. So I can't tell how the lighting's shining on my face, but um, I've always struggled with really terrible skin. And right around the time when I was in my late 20s, I really just wanted to know that I was future-proofing my aging process and I was looking at the right products and, and treatments for my skin. And this astounding statistic, which is that three skincare products are launched into the market every hour, really stuck with me. I'm the sort of person who just generally wanted the right results and the right products delivered to me without me having to really think. But I felt like the skincare and healthy aging market really wasn't delivering on that. It was a lot of confusion, a lot of marketing, a lot of celebrity branding, but not really tangible results. And so I thought, why isn't there a single source of truth or a platform where I could really digitally find what's the right skincare products, treatments, practitioners would be for me. And I thought it would be really interesting for consumers if that existed. And around the time when I had that insight, I was also, um, by that point, about eight years into my career in finance, I was investing mostly in healthcare and consumer businesses. I had worked on a deal rolling up dermatology clinics. And so I knew um, the economics of the dermatology space, but I also really internalized the painful workflows that clinicians were going through. And I thought, you know, if I could build this platform that solved the problem for the consumer of finding the right treatments, products, practitioners on one platform, but equally also solve, you know, workflow problems for the practitioner, it would really be a winning proposition for both supply and demand. So that was that was the genesis of Get Harley. Okay, nice. So that was the conscious light bulb moment. Now on reflection, when you think about how you were kind of formed as an entrepreneur, are there pieces in your experience yeah. All that that has shaped how you approach the business. Yeah, I think, you know, the the desire to invest in my own skin probably comes from this deeper um desire to constantly improve. And I think, you know, this idea of being a better version of yourself every day. And I think that you can break down into, you know, building more meaningful relationships with people, you know, satisfying your intellectual curiosity, building a career. But equally, there's also something more aesthetic and superficial, such as looking and feeling the way that you want to. 
And I think one of the more subconscious moments actually goes back to when I was in my early teens. And um, my mother had this side hustle of selling clothing. So she would go to these markets and buy products wholesale and then resell these clothing retail and try to make a side income to support the family. And she would pick me up from school and then drive me to her friend's offices. And I, I followed her to my aunt's office. I remember distinctly that my aunt would like kind of like community selling, you know, she got like her friends, all her secretary friends on the floor to kind of congregate in the ladies washroom. And um, and my mom would take all these clothes and start selling clothes to this, these women. And I distinctly remember, you know, in this very kind of humble, gritty, ugly bathroom setting, a group of women putting on clothes and then coming out of the stalls and sort of looking transformed. And I think that really stuck with me. The idea that what you wear and how you look goes beyond the superficial and it actually really, you know, impacts the way you feel and how you take on the world. And I think that really stuck. And it gave me this sort of intangible insight when I started designing the Get Harley experience. I wanted people to unbox and try these products and, and feel transformed and transported. Nice. I love that. Um, so aside from obviously that kind of, I guess, teenage operating experience, as you said, you're a banker for eight years. Um, I like to think we read LinkedIn uh, CVs for a living. We spend a lot of time trawling LinkedIn and trying to work people out from what they've done. And I remember looking at yours before we spoke and thinking, okay, Morgan Stanley, KKR, Goldman, you know, she's definitely going to be able to crunch numbers, but can she actually roll up her sleeves and, and build a business? So what was that experience like going from finance to operating? And what were some of the hardest kind of zero to one ground up things that you had to had to do? When the idea struck me, I was so fixated on trying to validate whether or not the idea would work. I wanted to do that in the most capital efficient way. So I wanted to bootstrap it. I didn't want to kind of work on an idea that wouldn't go anywhere. So what that meant was that I was a one man band. I wireframed the Get Harley sort of platform the way I thought it should look on PowerPoint because eight years in finance meant that I was just like incredibly good at PowerPoint. I couldn't work out Figma. I text like I, I went to conferences. I talked to doctors. I was a first salesperson. I was a first CX person. I was messaging patients. I designed the box. I packed boxes. And I really tried to de-risk the idea a lot before I left my job. So you know, one of the uh, favorite memories I had was that I had signed up these doctors, but I didn't really know if it was going to go anywhere. And then suddenly I get an email that's like, this doctor has made a skincare plan for that person and the person has bought. And then I'm like, oh, my God, I actually need to go find these products and box them up. Um, and I would then, you know, do that and then head into a cab on the way to Fleet Street, drop off the products and then head to work. So I would say that was like the level of hands-on-ness that I had with Get Harley. Uh, another fun fact, I operated Get Harley out of my flat for a, a good year, actually. Um, and my first, the, the Get Harley first office is actually just right next door to here. It's 15A North Audley Street. And if you walk past, you'll see a sign that says, CCTV, do not steal products or whatever. Basically, at some point, we were getting quite a big volume of boxes like in front of the lobby and people would just come in and take products. And so our hacky way of trying to stop that was to, to put up this very um, non-credible sign, but it worked. And the sign's still there. The sign is still there. <laughs> nice, nice. 
And so I think, you know, you talked about it there, right? A practitioner kind of reaching out to you. It feels like from the get-go, you felt this pull. Um, yeah. I, I think that's something that we were and still continue to be struck by, but particularly when we first started talking, you know, two and a half, three years ago, that for actually a relatively early stage company, the level of product market fit was always very strong. That consistency, that predictability, um, and that's rare. And we often get asked, like, how do I know when I hit product market fit? Yeah. How did you know? And why do you think you managed to get there so quickly? I thought when I started the business that product market fit meant that doctors would use our platform to create skincare plans for patients and patients buying and and spending a certain amount and then them coming back and showing some kind of like retention pattern. I mean, it's a very kind of finance um, yeah. basic concept, I guess. But the reason why we were able to prove that out, and I think it was so consistent, is because I think by the time I started Get Harley, it was a problem that I was living with as a consumer for so long. You know, I've always had bad skin. I've always tried to find products. And so trying to distill that dissatisfaction into a solution that was simple enough wasn't too difficult for me, I would say. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing is I had looked into the space. Um, but what I also did early on is I would um, volunteer free time to go help out in clinics. I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I showed up to different clinics and then I would just hang out in at the reception. I would like build a relationship and then I'd be like, you know, do you need me to help you in the in the room? I'll just come in and I would observe these workflows and I was just like part of the furniture. But I think that level of understanding of the consumer problem and then doubling that with, you know, really trying to understand how the practitioner feels in their day to day and then creating a very, you know, like try not to test too many things, two to three features make it super simple and put it out there and see. And I think that just kind of worked for us. Yeah. No, and the reason why I love that kind of people first approach in terms of understanding, you know, what the value proposition is to each of your stakeholders is I feel like quite typically we'll see early stage teams and early stage businesses that are, have a little bit of the mentality of like, we will build it and they will come, right? And it means that they build kind of within a within a bubble or within a sort of garden shed and you don't get those insights and empathy for the people that you're building for. So yeah. I think that that's really striking. The other thing, I mean, we, we talk about this a lot. My view is that sales is your superpower. I know you don't like me saying that because sales still feels kind of like a dirty word yeah. or uh, salesy, which is something different. I'm biased because my first job was sales doing, you know, cold walk-ins for delivery. Uh, but in, in general, I think, you know, a lot of people are selling all the time. I know if, if a venture capitalist tells you that they're not selling to you, then they're just bad salespeople because <laughs> they're lying. But anyway, I think you're particularly good and particularly sophisticated at building sales playbooks within your business and making it so much part of the culture from day one. Like, how have you done that? And what are some of the, the learnings that you've had from that? I think it's really going back to basics, trying to understand the person you're trying to solve a problem for and then trying to work out based on how they're feeling and based on their day, how do you then try to translate that into a funnel? It's, it's basically a, a very distinct understanding of how they feel in their day and then trying to work out, okay, given how they're feeling, what does the funnel look like? And then trying to measure that, looking at the drop-offs and then going in a very methodical way, trying to come up with, okay, the reason why this funnel is dropping here is because they feel this way. And therefore, what are the one or two things we could do to counteract that feeling? Um, and then just testing in a very methodical way. Yeah. 
I think it's the combination of like not trying to do everything at once. Like you ruthlessly sequence. And, you know, in so many sessions we've had, you're like, I'm going to just look at this bit of the funnel. Everything else can be burning, but I'm going to look at this and I'm going to fix it. And I'm going to understand what what levers work. Um, Yeah. That's felt very intuitive. I'm sure other pieces of being a founder and building a business have felt less intuitive. What's been the hardest thing for you to learn to be good at? So I am like a massive introvert. Um, but Get Harley actually is powered by a community of like incredible practitioners. So it's actually a very extroverted role. So I think the less intuitive part for me is actually, you know, pushing against the the desire to just be in my spreadsheet and getting out there and talking to people and, and sharing our story. Hey, nice. Okay, final question. Okay, so if you could kind of talk to the you four years ago next door, uh, packing boxes and then ferociously guarding them before they get stolen. What's the one thing you would have done differently? You know, in the early days, you don't have very much data points. You don't have very much benchmarking. And because I'm such a data-centric person, I kind of almost fought against listening to my intuition because I didn't want my biases to kind of tip me one way or the other. But I think, you know, especially when it comes to hiring and culture fit and people um assessment sometimes listening to your gut isn't all that bad and i think you know some of the hires that i've made that were not quite right oftentimes the gut was right so i probably just tell myself to lean into that a little bit more but also constantly be conscious that you're not you know being biased or yeah unthoughtful about it yeah being intentional about it yeah awesome well Charmaine, thank you so much for spending time with me here today. If anyone hasn't tried Get Harley as a product, you must. Uh, And thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. 